I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hi, welcome to Crown's Corner, the broadcast to not only bring you the top card reviews, but also bring awareness and funds for the rare genetic disease called P10. So join us while we take a ride through the world of cards and make a difference in fighting against P10. And so buckle up, find me on YouTube and get ready for a ride through the world of cards with Crown's Corner. Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have Samson Livingston. How are you doing today, sir? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. honored to be here, dog. That's good. Honored for you to be here. Um, you enjoying the spring weather that we got here? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I work outside for the most part, so okay. I, uh, I, I I like when the weather's nice. I'll do it in any weather, but, you know, I do enjoy when the weather's nice for sure. Yeah, we definitely haven't had Soon as spring forward, winter came. I didn't. I don't understand. I'm so confused. <laughs> right. uh, before we get into today's uh, episode, today's um, episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan. That's my clothing line. Me and my son. You can go on the website christiandewan.com and get t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts. The Underdog Talk podcast merch is on there, so you can get that if you use the promo code uh, Underdog Talk. You get fifteen percent off. So before we get all into what you do now. I looked up and you was kind of good in football back in the day. So, was that your dream goal? Is that where you saw yourself going to the NFL, or was that just something you did as a kid? I think um, you know I realized I was good at football, kind of like mainly in high school, and realized it would be an opportunity to get my college paid for. And of course, yeah, it'd be great to go to the NFL. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like I had that drive, like that would be required. But I got a bunch of friends, not a bunch, but you know. You know, a handful of friends who, who did have that job and very successful. But for me, like growing up, man, watching Sports Center every day, like that was it. I watched Sports Center every hour, the same Sports Center, same hour thing. after yeah. hour. Like that's what I wanted to be. Just that's what I've seen the most. And so um, playing sports is just like it's like ingrained like in me. And so to to be able to do that in college was definitely an awesome opportunity. Yeah, definitely understand. Um, so you was good at it. I seen you. I seen your stats. You was good. <laughs> you won some awards. You were able to go to college. So when mm -hmm. you got to college, what was your mindset? Was it sports or was it just utilize sports to get this education? Man, I, I think I, I was just excited to be around new people and be exposed in a new city. I loved. I went to Indiana State, mm -hmm. and I loved Terre Haute, and just because like I love where I am first and foremost. So people ask, like, "Why do you love Indiana so much?" It's like, because I'm in Indiana, so yeah. let's get that straight. And so when I was in Terre Haute, like, my main focus was just, like, trying to grow, like, as a person. And I didn't really realize, I've, I've understood how, um, I understood that I was talented academically, but I didn't really understand, like, really who I was 
academically in the classroom until I got hurt, like, my junior year. So, I, I love football. I started as a freshman. My first play ever, ever, my first play ever on a college football field, I scored a touchdown versus IU. So, like, yeah, I love football, and that was great. But when I hurt my shoulder in my junior year, and I didn't miss any games, I just missed practice, and I just really, like, in, got enthralled in learning. Uh, I realized, like, man, like, once football is done, I know I can continue to learn and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely, I went to school, well, I went to college because my mom was like, you get a job or you can go to school, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not staying here with you. So I understand the part of, like, networking and meeting new people and just yeah. being in a different environment. Because when you do go down south, you still do have somewhat racism, but then you do have people of all colors that just love you just because who you are as a person. So I definitely understood that going to college. Like, that's who you kind of find out who you're going to become as an Where'd adult. You go, where'd you go to school? I went to school in Bloomington. I went to Ivy Tech. Okay, okay. Uh, but I went to school yeah, in Bloomington. Yeah, yeah. But first no, I went Any to, environment that's outside of your home yeah. is conducive for growth. So. Yeah. I went to Vincennes first, and that was like... Yeah, first state capital, man, Vincennes. Ooh, yeah. Vincennes was definitely different because even though I'm from Michigan City, Indiana, so... Yeah, and Michigan City. Um, Don Larson, the yeah. pitcher from Michigan City. Yeah. yeah, so it's more white people than black people, but... Sure. The community is more, you're around more black people. So going to Vincennes, it was like, what in the world? Right, right. Um, and listen, I'll tell this story. I think I told it maybe a couple pod podcasts ago. So when I'm in Vincennes, we're going to Bloomington to go party, right? <clears throat> we get pulled over. We're suspects for murder. Four black dudes in a green car with the taillight out. I'm not no suspect. I look different than anybody else. Right. Listen, sir, you, you, I wasn't one of them. Look right. at me. You can't find nobody else that look like me. Like, we ended up, you know, getting a, uh, they found the person, they found the people as they were interrogating us. But it was just crazy. Like, you don't experience that when you're around your people. But yeah. when you're not, that's where you learn different cultures and different things of that. So, I love that you love Indiana. Because yeah. everybody don't love yeah. Indiana. Most definitely. And, and, and rightfully, they have every reason not to. Yeah. I mean, they really do. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I do. I, I do love it here. And... What is one of your reasons, not just because you live here, but what's one of the reasons that you love Indiana and you push Indiana? Um, because when, you, when you're from a place and you take pride in a place, you need the rest of the world and even the people within your own community to know that there are people here that care, people here that take pride in our future, people here that are looking to understand our history, and we can't be silent about that. And so, you know, if I'm going to be in Indiana... I'm, I'm going to be advocating and, and talking about what, what's been going on and what we can do to help improve that. And so for me, it's just like there's no other way. I couldn't be here with a negative attitude or upset or combative in what's going on. Like I see Indianapolis as this wonderful place where you can make change where you want to. And I, and I feel like I found my space in that. And I would encourage people to do the same. But you have to be proud of where you're from. So people know that like good people are from there. If yeah. you know if you're not proud of Indiana, people ask where you're from. I say Indiana, they think, wow, that dude's from Indiana. Like, yeah, yeah man, like I, I am, and I want people to know that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I throw these on when I'm on the walking talks. Though I know it's a podcast, you can't see these. Are the I am Indy shades. If you are watching on the YouTube, we on YouTube. Yeah, we'll be on YouTube. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. 
So I love that because I'm from up north. Okay. And you represent up north. Like, you kind of separate yourself from everybody else. But I love that you're neutral to Indiana as a whole because I definitely understand representing where you're from because I'm from Michigan City. I'm yeah. 219. Yeah. All day. <laughs> yeah. And I ain't been there since I've been 18, but yeah. that's where I was raised. That's who how I became the underdog is Michigan City. So I always going to rep that. So I, I love that you rep the whole Indiana because it's different in all parts of Indiana. It's different people. It's different it is, cultures. Man. But... One thing I love, you don't push sports with it because we're known for basketball yeah. city. I mean, a state. Yeah. That's what we're known for. But you push the actual history. So what's one of the first, like, historical things that kind of, like, triggered your mind? Like, wow, this is in Indiana? Like, what, what was one of those? Man, I, I've always uh, kind of been fascinated by little things, like, around my hometown. I was just on the radio talking about Castleton High School, Lawrence High School, Oak Landon High School. Like to me, that was mind blowing. Seeing yearbooks of the Castleton Comets, because uh, I grew up in like in the Castleton area. I was like, what the heck? And then uh, the more the more I looked at things, I mean, my mother she took us down to I want to say uh, Law Stations in Gibson County, um, and she took us down there, and it was an all black settlement, an all black school. And I remember just even when I was learning, my mom encouraging me to like. What they're telling you is not all the information. Not to say what they're telling you is false or what is a lie, but like you can find out other things you want to know. And so for me with Indiana history, it was just like being able to see myself, see black people in our history, whether that's from all these rural settlements, whether that's in cities or all this stuff. Like I just drew extreme inspiration from that because, like you said, you know, you want to take pride in where you're from, and you want to have you want to have some proof. I'm, I'm a historian, so I look at history to base the future. I'm trying to look at what's been done in the past, and how can that be applied to the future. So, for someone to make waves in Indianapolis, I need to see other black males look like me from here that have made some waves. And when I dug just within 10, 15 minutes, you see this array of talented black people, whether it's from doctors to lawyers to business owners to jazz musicians to athletes to whatever. You're like, okay. If they can do it here, let me go ahead and get started. Yep, yep, that's that's so true. When you get outside of your neighborhood, I think people sometimes get stuck in, oh, I'm just going to be on the east side or I just live out west or whatever. And when you go to different events and stuff and you get to see people do different stuff, like I get out more and I'm like, man, you see a lot of black people do different stuff. Like you said, jazz, like with uh, my cousin, uh, he does tech. He's been doing tech way before it was all popular and all that. And I just remember seeing different people. And that's kind of why um, I am who I am. My mom put me in a lot of stuff when I was younger to uh, be positive and stay out the yeah. streets and stuff like that. Like an entrepreneur camp. Didn't really think nothing of it when I was at the camp. I just was <laughs> right, right, right. and we learned some stuff. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that's why I do what I do. Or she put me in a mentor program. Like even with uh, learning history, like from being from up north, Michael Jackson's from there. Like, you get to go to his house. Like, Michael Jackson is one of the all-time greats. Right. And he's from there. So, he's like, okay, we got him. We got uh, Mike Epps. We got these different people that are doing different right. things. So, we can say that we did it. Because if you really look at it, it's more everything else than it is sports. Yeah, and, and I think sports is, is, uh, is a good way to showcase that we have passion about things and that we can... Uh, support our neighborhoods and our communities really well when we're rallying behind things that we believe in and things that we see promising. And so, like, our our sports 
focus or emphasis or reputation isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can't overshadow who we are as, yep. as you know, people like, like you said in Indiana. And so um, I think using, like, we can always use sports to help tell the, the other stories that we want to tell. And so I know when I'm doing my tours and people are hooked into sports, I can give them a fact about the Speedway or a fact about the Pacers or the Colts and then also bring them right back into this story, this narrative that I'm telling about people in Indianapolis. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm bashing sports. I love sports. Uh-huh. My son's playing sports. But it's it's also if we see somebody that's six feet tall and he's 13, oh, I know you play sports. No, he might not play sports. Right. He might be a genius. He might play chess. Right, he might right, be on right. a debate team. Right. So we can't always look at uh, we don't have to look at sports as the scapegoat now. Like, we can do anything. Like, we got, you're an activist, I'm a podcaster, I speak, I'm a teacher, we got a videographer. We're all black men in here. Yeah. And now somebody could, a young man could look and be like, oh, I could do that. Because sometimes people don't look at the background stuff. Like, the videographer, people don't understand. That's who creates. Whoever, whoever you watch and look at, that's because of their videographer. It's not because of... What they said is because how the content was put together. So it doesn't have to be someone that's out, you know, out out there. Because I'm sure you knowing a lot of history. It's a lot of people behind the scenes that are great human beings that changed the world, and nobody knows them because they were behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. what is for you? What do you think about Black history tying with history? Since history is your thing. Yeah, to me, it's just all one history, and if it's easier for people in their mind to categorize me as a black historian, then so be it. But for me, I am telling history. And I'm telling history of the people that look like me. And so if that I'm a black man and I understand that. And so I'm talking about black history. But I'm also talking about all aspects of Indiana history and how it's tied together and how there is no way to separate this history and tell a complete story. There's no way to talk about just black history and tell a complete story. Talk about just European history and tell a complete story, LGBTQ history. There's no way to break this up and tell a complete story. And so in order to tell a story that is compelling and makes sense and wants people want and people want you to tell it again, you have to put them in the story. And so I put myself in because there's times I'm watching stories and I'm looking like, where are the black people? Or what do we think about this? I'll watch documentaries and I'll hear historians speaking about black people and black neighborhoods and black things, but I don't know what they think about this. So what I'm trying to do is tell people where I fit into this history, me, the individual, and the people that look like me in my community and that are from where I'm, where I'm from. And I want people to understand that like this story that I'm throwing myself in and throwing our history in, it's, it's, it's incomplete without black people in it. Like, it just truly is incomplete. And so, like, I think that's what I'm kind of rambling here about. I'm understanding what I'm trying to say as I'm talking. It's like, that's why I felt so in love with histories. Because I knew deep down, like, I'm not hearing everything. Like, this can't be the whole story. Like, where are the black people? Where are the black kids going to school? Where are the women at? Where are the members of the LGBTQ community? Where are disabled people? Like, where are these people at that I know have always been around and we're going to flip through these history books and act like they didn't exist? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, okay, man, I'll start, I'll look into black people and I just thought, okay, most people must know this. If we're not talking about it, it must be general knowledge. 
And the more and more that I start talking about it, people didn't know. I'm talking about like, there's things I, there's things I can teach about black people in Indianapolis and like my, my parents, my teachers, my, like that they don't know because they weren't taught. And so like, I, I'm able to meet people because of this lack of understanding of black history. I'm able to meet people at this really vulnerable point part of, of their understanding. And they're able to meet me at a vulnerable point of me just like out on the street talking to people. Like anyone can hear me talk. And so I'm vulnerable in that they can they can challenge me, question me. They're vulnerable in that and that they're most of the time agreeing that they don't know things. And that's why they want to be on the tour. And so for me, long story short, Talking about black history is the only way to talk about history. Yeah. There's just no other way to do it. Yeah, and I love how you broke it down because it's a lot of black history just in general. I, I'm going, ain't going to lie, I didn't know about Juneteenth until recently, maybe the last five, six years. Like, mm -hmm. So a lot of history is because we yeah, don't and, know. And, and even with that, just like with Juneteenth, like, that is great. A holiday. Like, it's great. And, and, and people are learning that, and we're, and we're learning about that, but like, and like it's great, Juneteenth is fantastic. I like that. There's a black holiday in the summer. It's warm. Like let's go. MLK Day is cold. Black History Month is cold. Like we're in Indiana, so Juneteenth, let's go. But like, there are so many different like amazing things that like we need to be learning and understanding from that Juneteenth moment, June 1965. We need to get, we need to be learning and celebrating things. Not just from that moment, but we need to be learning about what happened after Juneteenth. That yeah. that's a big gap, bro. Yeah. Like they want us to just talk about Juneteenth and get and throw a party. Like that's not that's not actually now is when you start asking questions. Yeah. And I like celebrating Juneteenth for the day and what it is. And I hate to cut you off, but I knew that like I wanted to get on here and talk about things I was really thinking about. And so, yeah, Juneteenth is great, but we need to then question after that. What now? Even if, even with the damn with the holiday, like yes, okay, you did Juneteenth, you celebrated Black people, whatever. You went to the Children's Museum and got the watermelon, <laughs> did whatever. Yeah. Like okay, you did your thing. It's a commercial holiday, whatever. But what now? Yeah. Right. Like, what are we gonna do to make sure we're working up to quality? Because after slaves got free, there was a good there was a good attempt. Some luck kind of was in the works to bring some type of quality, and I got squashed. Right, and then it set us back hundreds of years. So, like, the freeing of, the freeing, the, that freedom moment, it can't be enough. It's, it's, it's constant. And so, like, I think celebrating Juneteenth is great, but I don't want it to distract anybody from from the years after that. <laughs> years after that, like, that is, that, like, slavery is a huge problem. But, like, what I mainly talk about is what happened after that? Yeah, because that shit wasn't sweet neither. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I and I get that because I was talking to somebody on here about that. It's like we celebrate that day and it's over with. Or we when Black History Month come, it's rah rah rah. But as soon as March first come, it's no more rah rah it, because yeah. it, 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 it dies it, down I, by the by the Valentine's Day. Yeah, but honestly, like yeah. And school. Look, I work in schools. Nothing. Nothing. I remember when I was in school, they at least had an announcement over the thing in the morning talking about something. So last year I worked at a preschool, right? So they like, oh, you get to do a, a black history project. I'm like, oh, yes. I get to do my own project because everybody do the same five people that we all know. So I'm like, let's do something different. And we did a wax museum. And the people I picked, I picked like Barack Obama, Eric Thomas. I picked like people yeah. now because people are like, oh, 
black history is back. No, we're all black history. We're right. all doing something that's dope that's never done been done before. So we're all black history if you look at it. Like, the stuff that you're doing, you're doing stuff that they were doing back then, but you're doing it in a different way. Then you have social media to tie along with it. Mm -hmm. So people look at, we got a, the same old people. No, we're, we're creating history because down the line when our great-great-grandkids, they get to look back and see what we've done. We've helped them because of our ancestors. I think it's kind of like sports. It's like each generation has its own great players. Right. Just let it sit there. Right. Like, let's just let it, like each generation has its great politics, its great influencers or whatever you want to, it is. And just let it be in, in everybody's history. Like nobody's going to be better than anybody else. Like we're all great in our own aspect of life. So just let everybody be history. That's how I look at it. I look at it as we all black history. We all doing dope stuff now. It's not where, back like you said earlier about our parents, like we can educate our parents and they might not want to hear it because, oh, I, I, I've been through life and all that. Okay, well, you don't know nothing. Why you, you still working at the factory? Like nothing against parents and anybody that working at the factory, but you too old to be working at the factory. You still complain about your back hurt when you could get on the computer and learn about technology and boom, you can have your own, you know, yeah, it's different. Yeah, and, 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 and um, to that, not to, I just think there's tremendous value, and, and I, I feel like I may have misspoke when I was talking about how um, there's things I teach my parents and my grandparents and whatnot. I think that there, um, there's still a lot that like I'm learning just from their stories and their narratives, and them not, and just it's, it's the same thing that you talked about, not realizing the moment in which you, the moment in which you're in, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you even asking, you know. I asked my grandma, what was it like when Martin Luther King got shot? It was like when, when Bobby Andy got shot, when JFK got shot. What was it like when, uh, what was it like during the Cold War? What was it like during 9 I mean, when I was alive, but like, you can ask your parents things. What was it like when uh, they put their fist up at the Olympics? How did you feel? Like, these these are historians, they're like our family that we're talking yeah. to. And, and, they, and, and sometimes you can lose sight of the moment that you're in because you're in it. Like, you are in it. And I think it's important like you said, to take a step back and realize like what's going on. And that's why sometimes I do get like arrogant or cocky or co overconfident because I will step back and I will reflect and be like, wow, man, I'm really doing, I'm really like, this is what I'm doing is no one, no one told me to do anything I'm doing. This yeah. is advice from nobody. Yeah. And like, like I had said, like, as like, I, I learn from my mom, my dad every day, my, my every, but no one told me to do this. Even yeah. now, no one can tell me what to do next because yeah. they don't know what to do. They don't even know how I'm doing this now. Yeah. So like they can't. It's hard to tell me and give me suggestion like what to do next. But sometimes and you just go like how you in your pocket, you just go. But sometimes when you t when you take a step back and you're like, wow, this is I'm making history. I talk about history every day, but now I'm like now I'm making it and it's yeah. cool. And then I'm like. I am humbled by it, but also like I understand what I'm doing and how yeah. I'm doing it, and I think it's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it is because <clears throat> just like when we have grandkids, they're gonna be like, "What was it like when Sandra um, Bland got killed?" Yeah, like, uh, George Jeff, Floyd yeah, and all those different things. So that's why I say each generation has its own thing, and we can't look at one different. Like the older generation can't look at. The younger generation and be like, oh, well, they don't know nothing. They deal with way more different stuff than we did as kids. Yeah, like, it's so much. It, it's so different, and that's like what you learn like with history, like whether it's busing, which didn't like really officially in Indianapolis till yeah. 
2016. Like, there's just different things at play. Like you said, growing up in Michigan City, around your neighborhood, you didn't really see too many. You did. You you were around a lot of black people. You said. Yeah. Okay. So no, let me. Th- or, so I lived in an all white neighborhood, but I I mean, so I had to associate with them, but my friends were. Black, okay, black almost kind of like a different story, but yeah. like there's people who grew up in Minneapolis in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, even now. Yeah, they don't see white people, man. They yeah. don't know. They don't interact with them. They don't. Yeah. they won't be exposed to another neighborhood or another group of people until they may never, man. Yeah. And like, and that's like people in Minneapolis, like in the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, before these neighborhoods were so cut up and hearing about this pride that people have in their neighborhood, like, it's just really cool and special to get an understanding of, like, how people perceive what was going on, just like, as we're integrating schools or as we're, does you realize the schools are segregated? Like, things yeah. that you're asking your parents, like, yeah. like, <laughs> what did you, like, what did you think, not only, like, yeah, what did you think of this, so. Because you got, if we really look at it, like even, like say you got a great, I had a great grandfather, he died a few years ago, he was 99. Mm-hmm. Just to think about what he started off with right. all the way until now of what he's seen and all the different stuff he had. And he was in the wars and all those different things and then to be with technology and probably never had a cell phone. Right. And my grandma never had a cell phone. Like she didn't know nothing about technology, nothing about none of that. But it's like you said, you ask those questions and it gives you chills to hear what they had to deal with because we might not have to deal with it in the same aspect as them, but we still have to deal with certain stuff of the police. Like now it's like, they didn't get killed, they got beat. So I mean, they got killed, but now it's like when uh, we're probably in the same age group and, um, I'm, I'm 27. Oh, no. Well, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you, so <laughs> we're not. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're good, though. You're yeah. good. So, uh, like, when I... It, it was like, if you're driving while black, you get pulled over. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're driving while black, you might die. Right, no, and really. It's a whole different times of, of that. And with us understanding and being able to talk to our great-grandparents or our grandparents or even our parents to understand what they had to go through. Like, the kids now have every... They, they have this thing, this this thing called a smartphone. They have everything in the palm of their hand. And what no way back in the day they had they had to go sneak to go learn. <laughs> like Frederick Douglass had to teach himself how to learn just to make it and look at where, where we're at now. You can go on YouTube University and get a degree and have a job rather than going to school where it was a struggle to go to school. That's the crazy... That's, when you look at it, that's mind-blowing. So when you... When you look at Indiana's history, from your perspective and what you've learned, what would you say Indiana is? Like if somebody was to ask you, what's what's the state of Indiana like throughout our history? Indiana is... That's a good question. You know, Indiana's a lot of things, but I'm trying to think of one word really to put together. Because um, cause it can represent a lot for different people. I don't know everybody has the same experiences that I have in Indiana, and there's reasons to not to not love it here. Like I said, I, I, I love it. But for me, um, Indiana's opportunity, and, and, and I know that may sound cheesy and corny, and maybe like the state should use that Indiana's opportunity as a slogan, but it is, man. Um, just because there's such a level of 
stupidity and ignorance here in the state. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And the people that want to learn, like, the, like, there's people who don't know why things are the way they are. And if, if the people who want to learn are learning and they're changing and they're impacting things, like, I learn stuff every single day from people, man. And so, like, I take every day as an opportunity to learn and apply it into what I do. And hopefully people will see that as the same. If Indiana's not working for you, it is what it is. But there's there's an opportunity for you here. Like, I promise you. But you got, you got to go do it, though. Like, I used to... This is a side theory. This is a, it's not theory, but just a side note. I used to have this, like, theory in my head that, that, that the magic man, of that somebody was going to recognize I was talented. Mm -hmm. I'm good at doing stuff. Like, now, what do I do for a living? I just do whatever I essentially want to do. I say stuff I was going to say anyways. Yeah. Get paid for it. Yeah. And so, like, I thought one day some magic man would just <laughs> recognize, like, I'm talented and be like, Dude, you're the man. We're going to give you everything you need. Just say these words for me and we'll fly around the country and you're it. You're the superstar. And like, that shit don't happen, brother. You are your own magic man. Like, you got to be him. Like, you got to be him. Like, and I've learned that and I trust in myself and I know that. And Indiana taught me that. Like, Indiana taught me that if I want to do something, I got to do it. Yeah. Like, Maybe you can learn that same lesson elsewhere. I, I hope so. But I know here I've learned that like there's opportunity and if I want it, I gotta go make it happen. And I think I think that's a hard lesson to learn for people who don't wanna do nothing. If you don't wanna do shit and you realize that you're the one that's gotta do it, that's devastating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you wanna work and you realize, oh it's me, I'm the one, that's great news, man. Yeah. That's great news. Yeah. I I, I love that because I, I don't know if it was the magic man that I called him, but it was like, I used to think that like somebody was gonna come because what you're saying is right. Like I was born with this disability and it's like, nobody gonna save me. Nobody cared that my arms are short. Nobody gives a who nanny, who I am. And it's like, if I didn't get up to go play basketball every day, I wouldn't be sitting here because that's where I built my confidence. And it was up to me to do that. And it's up to me now to get up every day and just go out. And like you said, Indiana does give you opportunity to do that. You just got to get up every day and go out and, and, and do that shit. Like, right. you can't wait. Like, nobody's coming at your door like, hey, <laughs> right, here man. I am. I got an opportunity for no, you. No, like, guess what? you got to go. If I that person came, you wouldn't be ready. No, you can't. Because you didn't put in the work. That's what I'm saying. You, you're not ready. Like, and there's been so many times, not so many now, but there's been times when I wasn't ready. When somebody talk, comes to you talking about, hey, what do you do? Like, man. I'm trying to do this. I got no proof that I do it, but yeah, man, I'm not ready. Like you gotta be ready, man. Like you gotta be ready because you know it's a small, big state, small, big city. Like everybody, knows everybody. So once I, I knew this when I started this, I knew that there was a group of people. I don't know who they were, yeah. But if I met them, I'd be all right. Mm -hmm. And I did meet them. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like. But, but you meet them by, by showing up and being ready. When somebody needs something, I deliver, man. There's never a time where I don't deliver. And that's why I wanted to come on this podcast. I'm like, I don't really do a lot of podcasts. Because most people really don't know why they want to talk to me. They just know other people want to talk to me. So they figure out they do as well. But like this dude's talking about, like, he's an underdog. Like, I feel like I respond to that, like, underdog mentality. Because, like, 
when you are the underdog and I can I can flip my head any type of way I can look at myself as the top dog or the underdog. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in that underdog mindset, I know that there's people who don't think I'm about to deliver and I'm about to deliver. Yeah. Or whether I'm in the top dog mindset, people are paying for a speech, they're about to get a great speech. Yeah. And I think that just comes from like understanding that like I am the one that has to do it and I will get the credit and I can sleep well at night knowing that. Yep, that's 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 true. Like having the underdog, I think even when you're the top dog, cause you go in like y'all y'all didn't believe I was gonna get here, so I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give <laughs> right 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 exa exactly I'm give you everything. That's y'all still don't think I'm here for y'all. Y'all still think that I'm I'm here talking cause like I'm cool or young or whatever. But like no, I command every room I walk into, yep. and it's like. It's that it's that it's that top dog mentality with that underdog chip. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I am the top dog, but they don't think I am. So yep. by the time that I leave, they have to know that. Yep, that's exactly how I am. I used to love when people wouldn't pick me on the basketball court. They'd pick my homies. I'm like, I got next. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm gonna show you why you should have picked me up because I'm right. gonna bust your ass. And I and I and I would tell, I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm gonna bust your ass next game. Just wait for it. Right. Because I always have that. Underdog, like you said, when I walk in a room, the ground shake. Like I'm confident as hell in myself. And sometimes people don't really they th they call it cocky. It's like I ain't cocky. You don't know what I've been through to get to where I'm at. And that's why when you the top dog, you still had you had that chip on your shoulder when you put put in the work. But when you walk in, you like yeah, I know I'm supposed to be here. Just because you thought I wasn't supposed to be here, that don't got nothing to do with me. Cause people always tell you you're not supposed to do something. Why? Because you can't do it. Right. I, I, I don't I don't know what you can do, but I know what I can do. I always right. tell, tell my kids, you can throw me in the jungle. I'm going to come out. I don't know how, but I, I'm going to find my way out because I don't need no book. Yeah. I don't need, yeah, I, well, I, well, I think it's, it's like there's something that's like in, in, my, in my soul to do this, mm -hmm. and it will get done. Like, mm -hmm. There's just no other option for me to, to be who I am and, do, and deliver the way that, in, in which I do. And so it's like, I know that I'm going to do these walks, I'm going to do these tours, I'm going to schedule what i got to schedule, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, because I have to, like, I have to do this, man, like, I have to do this, like, I tell this to friends of mine that I have, like, people I've tried to talk to, like, what I'm doing, I have to do it, and you won't understand that until there's something that you have to do. And for some people, like, that's raising their kids. That's being a good husband or wife. That's whatever the hell it is. But they got to do that. And not because somebody else told them. Because they want to. Their body won't allow them peace. Yeah. Until, they're, until that's done. Mm -hmm. Like even this week. I was trying to take a week off. I don't have any walks this week. But I can't sit still. I'm where I've been. Where, like, I've been like. I've been working. It's like I, I have to do it, and I think it's a, it's an extreme blessing to have like something that you're so passionate about that can allow you to like I don't I don't know just like to get a mindset where you can be both the top dog and the underdog because you're in control of that narrative, and I think that's uh that's kind of something that I've realized over the time. Yeah, you just understand your purpose, and mm -hmm. people don't understand someone else's purpose and so they're in their purpose of why you do what you do and like like you said like 
you ain't close to work. I'm not. I'm on spring break, but I'm working every day. Right, 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 but right. it's like after today, I was like, I gotta take a break because I right. need that. No, break. you do for sure. But when you have, when you're living your purpose, you do the craziest stuff. You wake up in the middle of the night. You start working. You're doing all this crazy stuff, and people won't understand until, like you said, they're doing what their purpose is, or they see what you've been doing. Because a lot of times. Just like Kobe, uh, he was always in the gym by himself. You're in the gym by yourself. It don't have to be a necessarily a gym. You're in the library. You're at home. You're in wherever your workspace is, and you're working on it. So when people see it, it's like, oh, you overnight. I ain't no overnight. I've been doing this forever. Yeah, man. Like you gotta understand. I started writing about history in 2017 uh, for fun, for free, mm -hmm. as a way just to try to figure out who I was post sports, post football. And so like I did this for free, man. I travel around the state. For no money, nobody yeah. paid me to do anything that I'm doing. Yeah. Like that's why I that's why I laugh because <laughs> dude, I was doing this shit for free. Yeah, like saying the same words that I'm saying right now. Like I said this shit for free and people didn't want to hear it. Yeah, and now we realize, and a lot has happened. But like we we just starting to realize like. Man, this dude was kind of on to something, or, or and people respond or whatever. But I started writing in 2017, started making videos about history in 2018. I'm talking about screaming at my camera on my phone. Mm -hmm. Like most yeah. of these, I recorded on that tripod right there. I just yeah. it's the same tripod. I just broke it. The <laughs> same one I've had for five years. I finally broke it and I got a new one. I was recording, I, no mic, I yeah. scream at the camera, yeah. talk my history, the, yeah. the, the quality's terrible, yeah. but people are watching, they're engaged, I'm doing it for free, like yeah. I'm doing it for free. The first walk and talk that I gave, I didn't want to charge, people are like, dude, you should charge for this. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like you said, people don't understand, man, like I'm not, I'm not just doing this because of the Black Lives Matter, because of 2020, like I've been talking about this way before, like. It, it, it means something to me to do this. Like, that's why I fight people so hard. They're like, you need to raise your prices. Like, you need to shut the hell up, dude. Because yeah. I did this shit for free. Yeah. Before you talk about raising my prices, what I need to do is speak to people. Yeah. I'll figure out what I get paid later. Yeah. What I need to do is speak to people. And I know if a price is too low, I know that. But, yeah. like, I don't know what the hell you do. I wouldn't do it for free. Because it probably sucks. Yeah. What I do, I think it matters. Yeah. And I find value in it. So I might do this shit for free. Yeah. And if you don't understand that, yeah. I, I can't help you. Yeah, I, I, I've been <laughs> there. I, like, I, I do speaking myself. And I got the the YouTube videos where I'm in the basement. Or, yeah, I'm in the basement with the bad lighting, the bad quality. But that's some of my best stuff because I was just giving it my all. All I had was my content. I didn't have the quality. <coughs> I started off this podcast, well, started off podcasting on the phone. And now I'm in the studio. So it's like you work your way up to where you're charging what you're worth. Because like those people that say, oh, you should charge more. They probably don't even work in the industry. They probably don't know what it takes to be a speaker to get paid or all this different stuff that goes behind it because speaking is one of the most fulfilling things I love to do and like you said I do it for free like I, I've been doing it for years I don't want to put out the message that yeah. I speak for free no no no, no, no listen yeah, I, I get what you're saying because people don't understand like if you do something and you can do it for free and you love it then that's your passion but if you can't do it for free then you need to shut up because 
Even if I did something for free and I changed a young person's life, I did my job. Right. right and it's right, going to come right, back right. to me uh, way more than what you think I'm supposed to get paid. And people don't understand that. Like, people don't understand when people play sports, why they just, all they do is sports. It's because they have a dream and a goal. When you have a dream and a goal, you're not, it's not always pretty. It's ugly. It's color purple ugly at first. Right. For the longest. And then when you get... The, the balloons and the flowers and all that is more than what you even expect because you didn't expect, you weren't expecting that. You weren't looking for the dollar. You weren't right. looking for the material stuff. You were looking for the change in people's lives. And I love that you have that mindset that I'm here to change people's lives. Like the money gonna come, but I need to change these people's lives. Um, so we've been talking about the walks. We haven't talked because some people might have never might not have known who you are. Yeah, yeah. So you do walks and talks. Explain yeah. that. What is that? Yeah, so walk and talks or walking history tours all across Indianapolis. I'm going to be up in Carmel next uh, month, actually. i my first tour in Hamilton County. But what they are is an active conversation about our history, who we are, where we are, where we're going, uh, how we got to where we are. And, and um, man, they're... They're, they're just a, they're I can do chores for March Madness and basketball theme tours. I can do everything. I got all this information kind of stored up in my head, and and people add to it. People teach me things. Um, they're, they're they're just they're really good. I, I'd say Indian Avenue is the best tour. That's the tour that's gained national attention over the past couple of years. Um, I don't really want to rank my tours, uh, yeah. but I love it. I love Indian Avenue. They're all cool in their own way. Um, and Monument Circle is one I only do wintertime. Butter only do that during, or that's tour I only do during Butter. Yeah. Still gonna be there. I don't know what all they're doing. Um, New Fields, I do. Those about to start again, but man, man, like I can almost tear up talking about how much I love the Walk and Talks. Dude. Yeah. Like they, it's awesome. I love them. Yeah. Like I would recommend everyone come on a Walk and Talk. I can't. Yeah. I can't state that. Can't state that enough. Yeah, definitely. I definitely was gonna come this past weekend, but my son ended you're, up having basketball. Yeah, bro. It was no, I wanna, you're yeah. good. Like I said, I got you. When you come, I'll just let me know. I'll take yeah. care of you. You know, for yeah, man. Uh, I definitely, I definitely wanna. That's something like that's dope. I think like someone black teaching history mm. is, is dope, and you take people. Oh yeah, it's dope. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, like for real, like. We don't get that enough where people are teaching the history that we need to know, especially here in Indiana. Because most of it, if you really look at it, if you hear the history, it's going to be white stuff. And, yeah. And, like, people don't want to be yelled at. Black yeah. people, you don't want to feel bad for not knowing nothing. Yeah. Like, and that's how I, I'll let people know if they say something on knock or stuff. But what is that? What did yeah. you just say, bro? Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. And for me, I'm not as someone who knows things, so it may be easier to ask that. If someone, if you're the person in the room, everyone thinks you're stupid. You yeah. know you are. I'm about that. Yeah. Just, but, like, and so I got comfortable doing that, but I've always been that way. And so, like, I've understood how I like to learn. Like, yeah. how do I like to learn? Yeah. So I teach in a way that allows people to respond in a way that I like to learn. Like, everything I do is based off how I like to teach. How I like to be taught is yeah. how I teach. Yeah. How I like to learn is how I try to give people an environment to learn. How I like to see, look at history, talk about whatever, like, there's no script, man. I'm not talking. If we're t dudes on the tour from Connecticut, we may talk about the state of Connecticut for 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to meet people where they are. Yep. I'm definitely the same way. 
um, I learn from asking questions and I ask questions all the time. That's why I do a podcast because I have all kinds of people on here to ask questions and learn from different people and hear different people's story. Because sometimes people, they'll come to me and be like, oh, my story is... Uh, is like amazing or whatever but then it's like man i know some people's story that's way crazier than mine so i definitely understand and that's how i when i go to speak to kids like i speak to them how i learn because i don't learn from reading no books right. or none of that i learn from someone telling me it's face to face none of that uh reading books all that kind of stuff that everybody doesn't learn that way so when you understand how you can learn. That's how you communicate. And that's that's why I communicate. People be like, why you ask so many questions? Because I'm learning from you. Like, I interview people without them even knowing just because that's who I am. And people be like, why you always that? That's just me. I'm a, I, I interview people almost every week. So that's just who, you know, who I am. And you, I'm sure when anybody talks to you more than, maybe even within the first five minutes, you're talking about history and what you do because you love it. And you, I can tell from the passion and how you talk that you love it, and it's something that people here in Indianapolis, or if you visit Indianapolis, you definitely should check out. And I, have you been in talks with the the All Star Weekend? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I was gonna, gonna say because that's next year, and yeah, that would be All-Star. dope for you to be able to to have people like be come in and you teaching people. Yeah, so I, yeah, I work with All Star. I work with this with the swim committee. Uh, too. Like, I, I was telling Paige the officer, like, man, y'all gotta pay me yeah. to be on this committee, but no, nah, I was just giving them a hard time. So, yeah. I love, like, I like Paige for sports entertainment a lot. They're yeah. good people. Um, I emceed the Fever game. So, mm-hmm. I, I did last season. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do this yeah. year. Like, you know, I'm not tied to nothing necessarily. Yeah. My feelings don't be hurt, but yeah. I do like enjoy, I do enjoy watching the ladies ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted, I want to, I, I want to be involved with All Star. I will be. Be involved with the, the swim trials when they come, and so I just like uh, I like I like when something comes to the city. I'm thought of just yeah. as an individual. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's cool. Yeah, that's you know. that, that's super dope. Like when someone comes, to, hey, we need to uh, get my man's with you. You need to holler at him, and that's that's what I want to be like when people come in and they be like, oh yeah, we got a podcast. Yep, that's the podcast. Right, right. Because right. networking is like the best thing that you can do. So, um, I don't know. We can talk about a lot. Uh, I usually ask for three tips. I'm trying to think of what are three tips that people can do to learn about Indiana history? Man, okay, let me, let me say this. This is great. Great question. This man said three tips to learn about Indiana history. Here's what I would encourage you to do. In your neighborhood, look at the school names. We're in an old school right now, bro. Yeah. You know that right now? We're in an old manual yeah, high school. Yeah. We're in an old school right now. Old Indianapolis high school right now. School names, church names, street names. Like, that's it. Figure out who your street's named after. Why it's called that. Figure out what the school is named after. Why? Your school's named after whoever. Harry E. Wood. This is Wood Training School. Fear who it was. You know, like, was he racist? Was he gray? Like, learn that. You know, like, and the street, the school, and the church. Because around churches, old church, you see a big old church that you know been there for many, like, Man, the people who went to this church walked here. <laughs> so what did this neighborhood look like? Yeah. Because, like, churches in 1910, people didn't drive to. Yeah. You walked to church. Yeah. So, like, look at the church. Like, oh, this is a black church. And you look around and you see nothing but parking lots and interstate. Oh, yeah, I know what they did here. Yeah. They wiped out this neighborhood. Yeah. And so the church, the school, the street, those three things. Man, like, what I just told y'all, 
Start. That's how I do the walk and talk. Come on, it's secrets going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> like just you saying that, I never even thought of that. I never thought to know why or what school or anything of that. So I'm gonna actually do that. Look up where the street I'm and this is the craziest thing. So you know the street is Henry Street that you gotta turn in here. Yeah. That's, that's the street. Yeah, I grew I seen up that. On. Okay. So like in Michigan City, I grew up on Henry. So Street. So what if it's the same Henry? What if it's the same? Like yeah. it may not be, but what if it is? Like yeah. dang this this nigga's on a move. Yeah. He was down here making you know all yeah. this. You get like stuff like that is cool yeah. to me. Yeah, it is. That's cool to me. Like, I'm <laughs> right. that up to see like wonder why like the podcast is Okay, so check this out, Michigan yeah. City. You know Michigan Road in Indianapolis. So we're talking about roads. Mm -hmm. You know where Michigan Road will take your ass? Michigan City. US 421. Yep. That's that. That's yep. Michigan Road. It takes you to Michigan City. So like <laughs> Are you yeah. think like <laughs> you think yeah. like but like it's little things like that. And once you start piecing them together, you're able to tell people to be like, I'm getting chills now because I'm like, how oh, I'm teaching. Like that's yeah. I like to do, like, cause it's I can tell it's like somewhat clicking for you. So it's like, okay, if I can tell people. Yeah, Michigan Road takes you to Michigan City, like, or Pendleton Pike takes you to Pendleton. Yeah. Like, I, I got them. Yeah. Now listen to this story about black people. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's, you, you reeling people in, because, you right. know, like, you got me, like, man, wait a minute, that, I never even thought about it. I, I know 421 gets you to Michigan City, but I never thought, I never. Yeah, that's what Michigan Road is, it's yeah. 421. And Same then thing. people will be like. You live in Indiana or you live in Michigan? No, I live in Indiana. The biggest prison is, the, the state prison is in Indiana. Right. Or the beach, the only beach. Yeah, only Everybody keeps talking about these beach. No, yeah, you got to go to Michigan right. City to go to the beach. Like, so those tips are great. I, I always ask this and it throws people off sometimes. But I need a quote. It could be your quote. It could be a quote you live by. It could be a quote you saw today. But I need a quote from you. Oh, man, I'm going to go with the quote from Ethers and I actually got the quote tattooed on my leg. It's a, uh, it says we dreamed of doing but cannot bring ourselves to do. And um, for me, and I'll repeat it, we dreamed of doing but cannot bring ourselves to do. It's, a, it's like about opportunity. Like it's almost like a negative connotation because it's saying that like it didn't get done. Mm -hmm. But for me, I flip it in my head knowing like I dreamed of it and there's pain knowing that I couldn't do it. Like that's why I like, I have to do this because I'm. I, what I'm doing it. I'm, I'm dreaming of this right now. Like, man, like, I just did. I, I just drive. I talk about history. I play basketball. I come sit down here in these hoops. I go to school. This is the perfect life for me. Like, I dreamed of this, but I, I had to bring myself to do it. Yeah. Like, it's how I try to remind my friends, my homies. Like, you got, you got, like, like I said, man. Like, and I. I don't want to cry, but I am a crier. Like, yeah. I am. Like, I get emotional about birds. I love birds. About yeah. like, the, I'm not cry because yeah. I'm happy and I am in that moment. And it's like, yeah, dude, I am doing. Yeah. But I know that there's also like, I have things and aspirations I'm not doing. There's plans yeah. I want to do. I like working with Maxie and that for nothing. I want to start a tour at the shop. That's nothing more than me sending an email or just shooting a text. I know, like, okay, let me get some stuff ready, make sure I'm ready to do all this. You know what I'm saying? But that's one of them things we dreamed of doing. And then when I bring myself to do that, when you see the first mass I have tour that starts and yeah. that's nothing, you'll be like, damn, he told me he's going to do that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like. <laughs> and that's the same thing with the, with the podcast. Like, I had dreams of having a, a, a studio. I'm in one. Now the next step is having my own studio. Right. To have it however I want. And then, like, having a videographer. I was doing all this stuff by myself. Like, 
those dreams, the dreams is real, but you gotta actually go get them. Yeah, the like, dreams you, is so real. Like, yeah. the, like is the real, especially when you start seeing some of like, like you see it like how it works. Like yeah. you see like, man, like this is actually going how I thought it would. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. how yeah. I like, how I was dreaming. Like not like not all through the nitty gritty, but when you sit back here, like, hmm. This'll do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like, I've been, like... Well, also, not complacent, though. Also, yeah. like, that's probably tough for you, too. Like, we're like, okay, I'm in the studio. This is cool. Yeah. I can do this forever. But I can walk and talk to this me forever in Indianapolis. I want to do that. I don't know what all I want to do, but I know that I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. That's all I yep. It was, like, almost scary to be like, I'm going to my studio. Like, I really used to do this on the phone. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, I, I'm here. It's like, then I... Every every week he here, I'm like, I really got a videographer. Right. Uh, wow. Right. Like this is like like you said, like when you get to those moments, but then it's like, oh, we got more to do. Like yeah. I'm like, like I think it was the second week. I'm like, hey man, we got there's more stuff that I want to do that we are gonna be able to do, and because you don't want to get complacent, it's like, all right, I got this victory, on to the next one. Because right. that's how champions uh, think. That's how underdogs. It's like, okay, I got I accomplished this, but I I have so much more that I want to do. You accomplish the walks and talk. Now it's like, what do I take this this tour to? Where where do I go with this? Well, at the end of the day, going? just like with the real, just like numbers thing. Okay, and I was let's say with close to a million people, if not a million, whatever the number goes up to. So I've given probably four hundred and fifty walks. On an average, about ten, twelve people come on a walk. I do walks as big as sixty five, walks as small as one or two. Average is around eleven, twelve, and that's obviously that's a good walk size. Like I'll take the money from a fifty person walk, but like yeah. you want a good tour, come with yeah. about ten of you. Like yeah. honestly, um, and they're all great, but like come with ten people that like you may know a little bit. You don't know them too well, but anyways, I forget what I was trying to say. Talking about um, oh man, uh, you know I get up so early, dude. It's about my month of wind down. <laughs> uh, but talking about any, I was just like, ah, oh, just trying to say something about the tours and the and the people that are bringing there. I don't know. Like, yeah, but what? Uh, no, it, it couldn't have been too important if I remember what I wanted to say. That's how you know I'm not talking about shit. So uh, tell but people how they can um, reach you and then give us like I, I'm still figure, a closing word. It's not church, but you know. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> I used to struggle ending my tours, man, um, but. The best way to find the tours is really on social media and on Instagram and on the website at 32 eyescom If you search Walk and Talk Indianapolis, it'll show up. If it don't, I'm going to fight Google, man, because they, you know, they make you try to pay you for the listings. We're yeah. like, no, I don't got to pay. Like, yeah. this is best. Walk Talk Indianapolis, yeah. number, we should be number one. Um, and, and look it up that way. I'm doing public tours at least once or twice a month in every neighborhood starting in the spring. And then... The, the private tours are kind of what's really taking off. So I, if you got a group of friends or whatever, and like I said, I have rates that I like that people pay. But like I said, like for me, the information is more important. Like yeah. it, it just it just is. Like it is. So yeah, you know, um, that's the best way to find me. I appreciate you know letting me come on here with the underdog. You know, yeah, uh, this is a great conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it definitely was. I can't wait to hear it, man. When does it come out? When do we hear? Uh, it? Yours will be next week. All right, I just did the other lady yesterday, so yours will be next week. Let's go. That's how I do. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. One reason why I don't do a podcast. People ask me, 
do a podcast. I'm like, no, you got to shoot it. You got to edit it. You got you all y'all, what y'all about to do after this? Yeah. This is why I do I'll do this. I'll yeah. do all. Yeah, end. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen, no, you know, you are not done. Yeah. You are not done. Yeah. So I know y'all about to put it together. You're in no rush for me because I know I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to see you, man. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate you. I learned a lot. Um, and it was simple stuff at the end that you were saying that, you know, we can learn off of. So I appreciate you. And I definitely, I think a couple people that we going to, you know, I'm going to hit up like, hey, let's do this tour. Yeah, and yeah. And check it out because that's dope. If you, we, what we should do really is try to figure out a way like a weekend or something. If you got a good network, big network, but it happens like underdog talk, underdog walk and talk, something yeah. like that, where yeah. it's like. Your network and you bring them on the tour. We yeah. kind of use that like a network. Yeah, we could definitely. Or, or yeah. something maybe in the summer. I'm starting to get booked up, but you know, yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, appreciate you coming on, yes, man. Sir. Definitely dropped a lot of knowledge. I can't wait to uh, see the episode. Um, give us like a, a, a one liner, a two liner to get up out of here. Walk and talk. <laughs> on that note, peace. One love. <laughs> All right, man.